Hello and welcome to the Free Gift Podcast, originating from the Free Gift Gospel Mission. The Free Gift Gospel Mission is an independent Bible-believing church preaching Jesus Christ as man's only provision for redemption and salvation. We are located at 1025 Maple Street in Kingsport, Tennessee, on the corner of Maple and Brook. This podcast is a Christ-centered ministry reaching out to souls with the love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us. This past Sunday, I had stated that what we often refer to as persecution here in the United States is not actually persecution. And what I meant by that is not that it's not persecution at all, but I meant that it's not persecution anywhere near the likes of the persecution that many have suffered for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ down through the years, including these men here in, in the book of Acts chapter number 17. Uh, so at the time of Acts chapter 17, we see God is continuing to use persecution to further the kingdom. He's continuing to use persecution to spread the gospel message of mercy and grace and forgiveness and the eternal life that's available in the Lord Jesus Christ and Him alone. So after the upheaval that took place in Thessalonica that we talked about last time, we see Paul and Silas and Timothy, they've journeyed to Berea, another city in this region called Macedonia. In Berea, they found an audience of Greeks who were very open to the message. They found an audience of Greeks who were very receptive to the gospel, and it didn't take long for all those angry Jewish people back in Thessalonica to learn of this. So when they found out about it, guess what they did? They made the journey down to Berea themselves. They followed Paul and Silas there. So they were still so full of anger and so full of rage that they made this trip all the way to Berea from Thessalonica just to try to destroy and to tear down and to attack the ministry of these men of God. And ultimately, all they were able to accomplish is to further the preaching of the gospel all the way to Athens. That's how the Lord works. When the devil comes in and tries to tear down, the Lord's able to further the kingdom. The Lord's able to further the message. And that's exactly what he did in Acts chapter 17. So these preachers had already been accused of turning the world upside down. And I can't think of a greater reputation for a preacher of the Word of God to have than to be someone who tore the world upside down by preaching the Word of God. They preached the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lives were changed. Social barriers were broken down. People actually started to care for other people. Hearts were stirred to worship the true and the living God. That's what we need in our day. We need our world's uh, uh, turned upside down with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what the gospel does. It, it, it's not about establishing a new program. It's not about turning over a new leaf. It's not about having a character change or an attitude adjustment. It's about being made a new creature 
in the Lord Jesus Christ. So with that said, let's open our Bibles to Acts chapter 17. And we're going to read verses 10 through 15. So Acts chapter 17 beginning in verse number 10. Notice with me the word of God says this. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. Wherefore many of them believed also of honorable women which were Greeks and of men not a few. But when the Jews of Thessalonica had knowledge that the word of God was preached of Paul at Berea, they came thither also and stirred up the people. And then immediately the brethren sent away Paul to go as it were to the sea, but Silas and Timotheus abode there still. And they that conducted Paul brought him unto Athens, and receiving a commandment unto Silas and Timotheus, for to come to him with all speed, they departed. Verse 10 again, it says, And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. Now notice that they waited for nightfall before they sent Paul and Silas away, because that darkness would provide a cloak of protection to transport Paul and Silas away from that riot in Thessalonica on into Berea. So traveling by nightfall, if that's all they did was travel by nightfall, this trip would have taken about three days. So when they arrived in Berea, what's the first thing they do? Well, they find a synagogue. And, you know, honestly, this kind of makes me chuckle just a little bit. Uh, because they go into the city, they find a synagogue, they start preaching the gospel, a riot starts, and then they just go on to another city and crank the whole thing back up again. And one can't help but notice the resolve that they have. One can't help but notice the courage and the determination that these men of God have for the preaching of the gospel. There's many differences between these preachers here in Acts chapter 17 and a lot of preachers in our day and time. And one main difference is these men in Acts chapter 17, they actually believed the message that they were preaching. They actually believed the gospel. They actually, they really did believe that souls are going to die and go to hell unless they turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. They actually believed that. You have to wonder about a lot of preachers in our day and time. If they truly believe the message, then why are they not preaching the gospel? Why are they not trying to win souls to the Lord? Why are they not trying to see people saved? Do they not believe the message? I mean, if you really believe that somebody's going to die and go to hell unless they get saved, you ought to be out there telling somebody about Jesus. These men believe that message. And that makes a tremendous difference because when you actually believe the message of the gospel that hell-bound sinners can come to Christ and find mercy and grace and forgiveness and eternal life through faith and repentance in Him, then it's not just about getting a paycheck anymore. It's not just a hobby. It's not just something you do so you'll have a sense of belonging when you, when you help with an entertainment show. So when you actually believe the message of the gospel, you're going to have some resolve. 
you're going to have some determination to share that message because you really do love God. You really do have a desire to see souls saved and born into the family of God. And you really do love other people. And you also love people who are created in His image no matter how bad they may seem by our standards. So believing the message is really the dividing line between two faith and the token religion that grips so many hearts today. God give us preachers who actually believe the message. God give us preachers who actually believe the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. God give us some preachers who actually believe that if people don't get saved and come to Christ, they're going to go to hell. And we need to preach the message to them so that they don't go there. God give us those kind of preachers today. So we see the term brethren in verse number 10. That's describing believers. It wasn't just men, but it was men and women. It was those of Jewish descent and Gentiles also. So some of these brethren, just a few days ago or a few weeks prior to this, they might have been dead in trespasses and sins. Some of these people that are called brethren here in verse number 10, just a few days prior to this, they might have been lost. Now they're walking in the light. So we always need to remember and understand that Jesus Christ is powerful enough that He could take someone who is in darkness and bring them to the light. I'm going to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 and I want to read verses 8 through 10. Listen to what the Word of God says here. Talking about Christ bringing people out of darkness and into light. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 8. It says, For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord, walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. So each and every one of us who are saved today, we can say this exact same thing. I was in darkness before Jesus Christ, but now that I've come to Christ and Jesus has saved me, now I'm walking in the light. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm walking in the light now. I'm not in darkness anymore because Christ brought me out of that. And you can say the same thing if you're saved by the grace of God. So in this instance of verse number 10... God worked through these faithful preachers to bring people out of darkness and into the light. They heard the gospel preached. They repented and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. They received the saving grace of God. They received the forgiveness of their sins. And they were made new creatures. They put everything on the line for the sake of these preachers. They put their jobs on the line. They put their reputation on the line. They put their entire lives on the line. And these preachers were undaunted by everything that had just happened up in Thessalonica. They didn't let that stop them. All of that riot and all of that opposition, they were undaunted. They set their faces like a flint and they went on down to Berea and they did the same thing all over again. They started preaching the gospel in Berea. Look at verse number 11. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. So if you've ever heard the phrase, be good Bereans, this is where it comes from right here in verse number 11. This is where it originated at. So still today, People use the phrase, 
be, be good Bereans or good Bereans to describe people who receive the word of God with all readiness of mind. A good Berean is somebody who searches the scriptures daily. A, a, a good Berean, if they hear something preached by a preacher, he or she is not just automatically going to believe whatever they're told. But they're going to take what they hear that, that that preacher said and they're going to go to the book. And they're going to dig into the book and they're going to do their homework and they're going to study the Word of God and they're going to compare what the preacher says with what God says. And they're going to find out if that preacher is telling the truth. That's what a good Berean does. So, Berea was about 45 miles south of Thessalonica. I did study some commentaries that said it was, might have been 50 miles, but somewhere around there, 45, 50 miles. And uh, the people were more receptive in Berea than they were in Thessalonica. So when Paul preached, they listened eagerly. They listened intent, intently. They didn't launch any attacks on Paul. Uh, instead, they listened. They didn't rise up with some kind of mob mentality to try to chase them out of town. They took the preaching that they heard and they went to the scriptures to see if that preaching was actually true. So they were willing to take Paul's preaching seriously. People up in Thessalonica, they didn't do that. All they wanted to do was get angry and start a riot. But the people in Berea, they had open hearts. Amen. The Bereans had open hearts and not hard hearts. So if, if, if you're ever going to be a true student of the Word of God, you're going to have to have an open heart. That's what it takes to study the Word of God. You've got to have an open heart instead of a hard heart because it takes an open heart to approach the Word of God with humility and that's the way that we need to approach the Word of God. We've got to approach the Word of God with the attitude that says, Oh God, teach me. Teach me, God, your Word. Teach me, God, your ways. It takes an open heart to do that. This is every preacher's ideal audience. Every preacher wants to preach to a congregation just like this. A true man of God, he wants his hearers to go to the Scriptures and compare the preaching to what's written in the Bible. They want, their, they want their hearers to see the truth. They're concerned about preaching the truth. Now, a false preacher is not going to want an audience like this. A false preacher is not going to want his hearers to go to the Bible. Because if they go to the Scriptures and compare what they've heard, they're going to find out it doesn't add up. And they don't want, it to, they don't want them to find that out. And they've got a lot of different reasons for that. So a false preacher is not going to appreciate an audience of Bereans. But these Bereans were teachable. They were open to hear the truth. They did their homework as opposed to just believing what they were told. And they were searching the scriptures. They were searching for, for absolute truth. So we have an example here in verse number 11 of how that we are to evaluate everything from a sermon that's preached to a book that you read. We have an example here in verse number 11 of how you are to evaluate everything from a Sunday school lesson that's taught to a Facebook post. This is how we compare everything. Everything that we read and everything that we hear that has anything to do with the Lord, you go to the Bible and compare it to the Bible and see if it lines up with the Word of God. 
If it's a Facebook post and somebody's talking about God and what they're saying don't line up with the book, you know that's wrong. If you're reading a book that some author wrote and he's talking about God, but what he says doesn't line up with the Bible, you know that book is wrong. If you hear a preacher or a Sunday school teacher and what they're saying doesn't line up with the book, you go to the book and you know that's wrong. How else are you going to know for yourself whether or not the person you're listening to is contradicting the Word of God or glossing over something or just explaining away something that we need to know? Any serious Bible reader will do like these Bereans and they're going to take what they hear and they're going to compare it with the Bible. That's what they were doing. In fact, the Apostle Peter even urged Christians to study the Word of God. He said, you ought to study the Word of God with the same passion that a newborn babe has for milk. Amen. God help us to be that passionate about the Word of God. That's how we are to study the Word of God. May God help us to approach the Word in this fashion. May churches be full of people who have a deep longing in their heart and a deep longing down in their soul for the spiritual food of God's Word and not just that typical Sunday morning joke telling and storytelling and entertainment session. God, give us a desire for Your Word. Verse number 12. Therefore, many of them believed also of honorable women which were Greeks, and of men not a few. If they heard the preaching, and they compared it to the Scriptures, and they believed, what does that tell you about the preaching? Follow me, I'm going to ask this again. If they heard the preaching, and they took what they heard, and they compared it to the Scriptures, and believed... What does that tell you about the preaching? It was right. Exactly. Because they took the preaching, they compared it with the standard of truth, and they determined, hey, this preaching is true. So they believed the preaching. They were not gullible. They examined the claims that Paul made about the Messiah. Paul was making some claims. Notice on your handout, these claims were about the Messiah. They examined those and they compared those claims to the Word of God. This is a positive example for us as opposed to the Galatian Christians that Paul had to rebuke for following after a false gospel. So these Bereans, they searched the Scriptures daily, not just on Sunday. Amen. They searched the Scriptures daily not just on Sunday. So when it says that many of them believed, it's referring to the Jews who were there. So this uh, alone makes this experience at Berea different from all the other cities, or so many other cities, because so many of them believed, meaning Jews, and also honorable women, which were Greeks, and not a few Greek men, which were also honorable men. So when it mentions not a few men, those men are honorable. They're still in the same category of honorable, just like the women were honorable. So lots of Jews and Gentiles both are coming to Christ here. If we compare that with what happened back in verse number 4 in Thessalonica, we find that in that synagogue in Thessalonica that some of them believed. That's talking about the Jews. Some of them believed. But here in verse 12... 
It says many of them believed. What was the difference? It was the same message. It was even the same preachers. So what was the difference here? The difference was these Bereans were actually searching for the truth. These Bereans were actually receptive to the message. These Bereans actually had their hearts open to the message. That was the difference. When you've got people who actually care about the truth, then the results are always going to be different than just having an audience of people who don't care about the truth, just having an audience of people who fail to search out the Scriptures. Look at verse number 13. But when the Jews of Thessalonica had knowledge that the word of God was preached of Paul at Berea, they came thither also and stirred up the people. They found out that Paul's down there in Berea. He's preaching the same message he's preached up here at Thessalonica. We didn't like it in Thessalonica. We don't want them to hear it in Berea. So by George, we're going to go down there and stir up some trouble for the Apostle Paul. That's what's going on. Everything seemed to be going well, but now all of a sudden here comes trouble, and it wasn't coming from the Bereans. That angry mob from back up there in Thessalonica, they decided that they're going to follow Paul and Silas and Timothy to Berea This wasn't the first time we saw this type of hostility, and it's not going to be the last time. So now remember, from Thessalonica to Berea is about 45 miles. 45 miles. This is 2,000 years ago. I can't even imagine how angry I would have to be with somebody to jump in a car and drive 45 miles. I can't imagine that. I can't, even, I can't even begin to fathom how angry somebody would have to be 2,000 years ago to jump on a camel or to jump on a donkey or whatever and go 45 miles to follow somebody just to cause them a little trouble, just to stir up some opposition. And it wasn't just one person doing this. That's the amazing thing about it. It was a whole big group of them who went 45 miles. That just blows my mind. And they went there for the sole purpose of agitating people against Paul and Silas. They went there for the sole purpose of agitating people. So their hearts were set on causing trouble. And some of this was was just done out of sheer jealousy. Sheer jealousy. Jealousy can be a very dreadful and a hideous sin. Now, there's some types of jealousy that are appropriate. There's some types of jealousy that are warranted. You're not going to hear every preacher say that today. And maybe one day, I'm not going to to, uh, uh, change that gear tonight, but maybe one day we'll do some uh, study on marriage, biblical marriage. Uh, We probably need to do that very soon. We've done it before, and we need to do it again soon. That's one of those things we need to do often. And if we get into a, a good study on biblical marriage, we'll see that there are certain types of jealousy that are actually a good thing. But jealousy can be a very hideous sin. It can be a very all-consuming sin. So we see hideous and consuming jealousy even among preachers today, sadly. And it's really a shame when people will try to destroy somebody else. People will try to block somebody else's 
preaching or somebody else's ministry or, or you know just try to, to tear down or to hinder somebody else's work to serve the Lord and it's all because of jealousy and I would say to anybody who's listening tonight uh, and uh, you're operating according to this type of jealousy you need to learn from this this biblical example here in Acts chapter 17 and don't be like this angry crowd of Jews from Thessalonica that came all the way down to Berea just to attack the preachers of God. Don't be like those people. Amen. Don't be like them. We need to avoid that at all cost. Look at verse number 14. And then immediately the brethren sent away Paul to go as it were to the sea. But Silas and Timotheus abode there still. And they that conducted Paul brought him unto Athens, and receiving a commandment unto Silas and Timotheus for to come to him with all speed, they departed. There's Timothy again. He's still around. Just like we mentioned previously, I'm glad that he gets a mention here. It lets us all know that Timothy's still there. He's, it's been a while since he's been mentioned, but he's still there with Paul and Silas. So they were trying to protect Paul which is why they sent him away to the sea. That would have meant the coast, uh, the coast of the sea. And, and this is probably because Paul was the chief speaker. He would have been the one drawing most of the fire. He would have been the primary one that was stirring everybody up. He would have been the primary one that they were all getting mad at. And uh, when these angry agitators thought about the gospel message, they associated it more with Paul than the others. So they really had Paul marked out. Now the others were preaching the true gospel also, but Paul was the one that they identified with the gospel more than the rest. So when Paul was sent off to the coast, Silas and Timothy stayed behind, and this freed them up for a brief period of time to stay back in Berea and to work on building up the churches. Paul and Silas were able to stay behind when they sent Paul off and they got to work on building up the churches just for a short time. And then those who escorted Paul away, that's what it means when it says they conducted Paul. They were escorting Paul out of town. They carried him as far as Athens. And then when they got to Athens, Paul told them, go back and tell Silas and Timothy to meet up with me as soon as possible. So when we consider this story in the Bible we can come to the obvious conclusion that it takes courage to turn the world upside down and it takes the right message. They turn the world upside down by preaching the gospel. They turn the world upside down by preaching the Lord Jesus Christ. They turn the gospel loose. If they had been preaching the feel-good message of the world, then the world wouldn't have bothered them because the world loves its own. But they weren't preaching the message of the world. They were preaching a message that goes against the world. They were preaching a message that counters the world, that cuts against the grain of the world. They were preaching a, a Christ-centered message, not a man-centered message. They weren't preaching a message of the world. So, what we need to do today is we need to keep preaching the gospel. We need to keep preaching Jesus Christ. Not a man-centered message, but we need to keep preaching Christ and praying that God would bless them or bless the effort and use that for His glory. Amen. On your handout. Number one.
traveling only by nightfall from Thessalonica to Berea, how many, how many nights would that have taken? Three nights. Number two. The term brethren. Right. That describes believers, both men and women. Also in this case, it, 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 it includes people of Jewish descent as well as Gentile descent. They were all brethren. They had all believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, number three, that's uh, Roman. Hands that hear nations stretched out on a tree and took the nest for me. Thank you for listening to the Free Gift Podcast. If you would like more information about our church, please visit us online at www.freegiftgospelmission.wordpress.com. Our service times are as follows Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. Morning worship is at 11 a.m., Sunday evening at 6 p.m., and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We are located at 1025 Maple Street in Kingsport, Tennessee, and we welcome all visitors. If you would like to correspond via email, you may email me, Pastor Vern Hall, at freegiftgospelmission at yahoo.com, or you may write to Pastor Vern Hall, 3301 Martin Farm Road. Johnson City, Tennessee, 37601. We look forward to seeing you at the Free Gift Gospel Mission, where the gospel is preached and the Lord Jesus Christ is praised. Until next time, may God's blessings be upon you.